0: The Very Serious Crafts Podcast is now on Patreon. Head on over to Patreon.com slash serious crafts to support our podcast and get early access to episodes. Find out about our unfiltered Patreon only off-week episodes and more. You're listening to the Very
1: Serious Crafts Podcast. We're very serious crafters, and we craft very serious crafts. Very serious. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Hello, and welcome to Season 3, Episode 3 of the Very Serious Crafts Podcast. I'm Haley from Red
1: Handled Scissors. I'm Molly from Wild Olive, and we promise that Heidi is coming back from Super Secret Project Land soon. We miss her, but she will be back. Uh, And it's true. It is. It is. Uh, Today, we will be talking about green crafting, rediscovering embroidery, And edible creativity. Hmm. (laughs) Who writes this stuff? Oh, that was me that time. I was going to say,
0: I I do believe that was you. um, But also, (laughs) I didn't read your
1: notes. So I will be just as surprised as everyone else. (laughs) Excellent. Excellent. I I think you're going to like it. I think you're going to like it. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So what's going on? I I would
0: just like to make a blanket crafting related statement. I think okay. Um, is there anything more satisfying as someone who makes things than saying thanks, I made it to a stranger? It's almost as good as like wearing a dress and having someone compliment it and. Respond. Thanks, it has pockets. It has
1: pockets, yes. <laughs> yes. Or thanks,
0: I... I made it and it has pockets.
1: <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> that would be yeah. yes. That's right. That's pretty perfect. Um yeah, no, I can't think of I can't think of anything nicer than that. It is it is very yeah. satisfying.
0: Well, that has not been happening to me with wearables recently, because I Winter, um, <laughs> but it's been happening with the jewelry that I've been making um, a reasonable amount, and it makes me feel very stylish.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think especially, when and I'm you, not like, making fancy things, so. <laughs> <laughs> but I think especially like when you branch into something that you don't like a medium that you don't work in as much, it makes it yep. all the more so. Like, wow. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, well, and it's not work.
0: I'm not doing any of that for work. I'm right. just playing, which kind of gives it even an an extra level of hooray.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, in a a similar kind of uh, of a thing, I had an eye appointment recently, and I decided to be bold and bring my knitting with even though like to work on while I waited and also waiting for my eyes to dilate and I thought I want to see how long I can knit (laughs) without seeing that Um, was the question that popped into my mind exactly it was a fun challenge I didn't do bad but um on my way out I um a gentleman uh stopped me and he said um He said, uh, "Did you finish what you were working on?" And I was like, "What?" I was, "Oh, my knitting." And he said, (laughs) "Yeah, you don't see young people do that very often." Now, by the way, this man was probably like my dad's age, but um, I told him, "I said, well, um, actually, I know a lot of people my age and younger who do this." I said, "I do this kind of thing professionally, and I know other people who do as well." And and but he was just like, he was delighted to have seen me. Sitting in the waiting room, knitting. And also, I would just like to point out, he called me a young person. And that was very nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Molly, you look very young. So. <laughs> well, I looked very young compared to all the other patients at the eye doctor that day. But uh, <laughs> but no, it was... I that, just mean in life, but <laughs> well, thank okay. You. Thank you. <laughs> um no, that compliment. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's kind of like that the In the same way that you can say yes i I made this there's there is this kind of nice thing about being having someone take delight in you making something by hand because not everyone always yeah. understands it. He clearly doesn't see it a lot and doesn't maybe understand it fully, but like he went out of his way to say something nice about it. I was like, that's like that's so sweet it was really it was it was a nice thing so yeah, yeah,
0: that is really sweet. That it makes me happy when, like, I don't generally like it when strangers talk to me. Um,
1: <laughs> I I know there was a there was a pause there when I when he first talked to me. So <laughs>
0: yes, um, which is not to say any listeners, if you see me, you're allowed to talk to me, even if we <laughs> haven't met before. That's yeah. fine because, I mean, we already know each other, really. That's but. Right. It, I, Usually it's something snarky or Uh like whenever whenever um, someone specifically wants to talk to you about what you're making in public, um, Uh see Heidi's hamster sweaters.
1: Uh Um,
0: But that's that's really delightful. That would be a conversation I'd like to have.
1: Yeah, it was. It was like it was a it was a nice it was a nice little surprise to have that. So, yeah, (laughs) it was good. It was good, and and I actually managed to like work a few rows of knitting before and after the eyes dilated, and I would just like to say, if you have been listening to this podcast for a while, and you have heard me talk about this shawl that I was making for my mom <laughs> for Christmas 2018, it is officially off the needles. That was what I was working on that day, and and all of the knitting is done, and it just needs to be blocked so there's that I feel extremely shocked (laughs) I you know I kept like every with every new episode that came out like since basically right before Christmas when I talked about it again then I was like I've got to get this finished for the podcast like forget my mom I it's got to be finished for the podcast
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh man now the pressure's really on uh, with my professor meow sweater there you go you can do it (laughs) Eh, I'm
1: actively not
0: doing it at the moment,
1: but... <laughs> I, I even anyway. started a new project last night, so I'm telling you. I will share more about it You're in a comes roll.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, speaking of being delighted and having other people take delight in crafts... Yes. Because my segue skills, they're smooth. Um, <laughs> they are. It's yeah. true. Uh-huh. Um, I have very recently, over the last couple of weeks, been rediscovering my love of regular embroidery, um, which may sound weird if, if you're a listener and are like, wait a minute, don't you write books on that? <laughs> um, but I've been, I, yes, I do. But those books have specifically been cross-stitch books. And so there's not a lot of variation in the actual technique. Right. And so I revisited many different embroidery stitches and just got to play around. And a friend of mine, who is basically a complete beginner wanted to learn and asked if I would teach them and they came over and, um, they happened to be a comic artist, um, and illustrator. And so, yeah. And so they were coming at it from a really interesting design perspective. Yeah. And because of that, I had us both, freehand draw our own patterns and then i was going to teach them basic stitches for outlines and filling and stuff like that yeah and um it was just so fun because they were so enthusiastic and were using stitches in ways that it never would have occurred to me to use them because they didn't have any of the preconceived notions about how things should be done or yeah. um and hadn't been, you know, steeped in technique. So there is a lot of fun and a lot of like willingness to to play around and try things without fear of screwing them up. And it was really really refreshing. I want to play just, embroidery it, with your friend. Yes, they're so nice and so They're so fun to teach. And I think we're going to get together again and do more because they picked it up so quickly. And, like, they were joking about how it was taking them forever to pick up things and how they weren't very good at this. That was just... (laughs) I don't think... Well, they definitely haven't been to an embroidery class. Right. But... This was pretty immediate competency. There was, <laughs> yeah. So um, it was just really fun. I it, It's nice when the things that you usually do for work, you get to just play with them. Because yeah. this wasn't like a, a professional private lesson. I wasn't asking for compensation. Right. I mean, we're I think we're gonna trade some art. But it's it's just nice to sit down with somebody you like and chat and embroider and share this skill and watch them use it in a way that it just hadn't occurred to you. Yeah. So it was it was fun.
1: I I would like to I would like to see pictures of of what came of of their embroidery especially if they if and when they feel comfortable sharing because
0: i oh, I'm i didn't excited. take
1: any photos at all <laughs> I know, it's, during the entire thing that's how but those things I'll go ask them. but yeah only because like like i'm excited to see how that how that goes because um a i i would love to i'd love to see what someone else's perspective looks like both to be inspired by and to go Oh, huh? Because you know, you encounter embroidery artists sometimes who, um, who do that. Like where you go, oh wow, I've never yeah. seen embroidery that way before. Um, and this was
0: kind of like that. Yeah, like stitches being used as fill stitches that weren't right necessarily traditionally fill stitches. And oh, can I make a deep dark crafting confession? Yes. Absolutely, always. Okay, so I absolutely hate satin stitch. I knew you were going to say that. No, but that isn't for That it. isn't my confession. Oh, okay. I, I feel okay. I have confessed this before, but and I I figured out why. Okay, <laughs> I have been doing satin stitch wrong for at least a decade. What? How have you yeah, been doing it? Turns out I don't know how to do sat- stuff <laughs> Well, I, I do now. <laughs> um, but I do now because the person I was teaching, uh-huh, assumed that um assumed something that w- I didn't say and they were getting it so quickly and I was failing and pu- <laughs> oh, it was it was embarrassing. Um, And then it suddenly occurred to me, I have been basically doing satin stitch in the round. So, what? like, what? starting on one side uh-huh. and then putting the needle down into the second, going all the way around underneath and bringing the needle back up next to where I put the needle in on the first side. Okay,
1: But you know what? Mm. That is the traditional correct way to do satin stitch. Well, but I'm bad at it. I prefer doing it where you, like, come up on one side, go down on the other side, come up on that same side right next to it, and then go down back where you started. Like, it does change the look of it a little bit, but it's, like, it's really nice. Like, I like the look of it that way. And they were already doing
0: that, so it was like, oh, right, but... I'm really relieved to hear, I guess, that the traditional way that I know to do it is actually the traditional way. Yes, it is.
1: It's just... But I'm not doing it that way anymore. I, well, the thing that, it, as I'm, like, thinking through this um, in mm-hmm. real time, is that I, I know that I have, like, on my blog, on my embroidery stitch tutorials, I know mm-hmm. that I show it both ways, but i'm thinking like there's other places where i sometimes will use where i create stitch tutorials and i'm thinking i should probably show it the way that you've just described it like the this alternate way because that might actually be really important for people to see and learn and so hmm, yeah okay well i mean there you go It'll i good.
0: i have been embroidering for many 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 years yeah and i am only just Days into being competent in satin stitch. And I don't hate it anymore. (laughs) Because. That's fantastic. I can do it. And also it's so bulky if you're doing. Yeah. The traditional method. And like that doesn't make any sense to me if you're doing like delicate filling. Right. And so I was actually looking at handkerchiefs that my great grandmother made. Yeah. Yeah. And looking at the embroidery that she did, and they, it is not done with, um, in the traditional way. Okay. She definitely did teeny, teeny, tiny stitches. So it's almost invisible.
1: Yeah. And the embroidery is almost to,
0: invisible on the back.
1: I'm, I'm going to go look at after this, my, old, uh, embroidery instructions. Cause I do, I think that they show it both ways and it would make sense for things like that to have a way that you aren't going like basically doubling. It also like going around, uh, you know, across the whole back a, it uses a whole lot more yeah. embroidery floss. It introduces, and it distorts the fabric. Yeah. You're more likely to pull it in if you don't get it just right, which I, you know, a yeah. lot of embroidery stitches require some finesse anyway, but, um, But yeah, I mean, because, you know, there's also, like, padded satin stitch in which you put, like, a border around to lift it up and you add extra stitches in the middle to make it even more bulky. And there's reason to do that. But I think also, like, the method that you have found to work for you, what I love about it is that you can, like, make that satin stitch as dense or as light as you'd like it. Like, you can actually make it almost, like, more, like sketching lines which makes sense yes yes for your comic artist friend to discover yes yes because uh, it's always it like so hatching yeah yeah it
0: was so useful to have them in front of me trying all of these things in yeah. ways that weren't how i usually do them yeah. like i just i can't recommend highly enough sitting next to someone Who either doesn't know how to do the thing Uh or is skilled in a completely different way than you are. Yeah. You can learn so much and then maybe not hate Satin Stitch. (laughs) The devil's own stitch.
1: (laughs) Well, it could be Satan Stitch. (laughs) <laughs> I didn't even think of that.
0: Um, I feel as though I dropped the ball on it. <laughs> oh my goodness. Aww. Speaking of which, I would just like to... Um, on a, a satin Satan side note. Um, <laughs> in my in-laws' hometown, there is definitely a hail satin uh, graffiti.
1: I approve I and I think
0: that happens a lot.
1: Yes. I, I I'm sure I've heard of that before. But seen this one. Excellent. Excellent. Yep. Now, now and I can, laughed. You can go in and you can just spray paint the word stitch right underneath it. <laughs> I don't want to hail that.
0: I'm going to send it straight back where it came from. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. Oh, boy. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> While I was babbling on about Satin Stitch, (laughs) I realized that I completely forgot to say thanks to our new Patreon patrons, and I'm going to do that now. So, yes. (laughs) So, before we jump into the next topic... We'd like to give a shout out to some new serious friends of the Very Serious Crafts podcast who are now supporting us at patreon.com slash serious crafts. Many thanks to Victoria, Abigail, Dion, Charlotte, and Janet. You're the best. Thank you so much.
1: Yeah, thank you. We love you guys.
0: And if I failed to say your name correctly, do feel free to poke at me on the internet and tell me I was wrong <laughs> because
1: yeah, that's it, fine it. <laughs> uh, anyway. so now let us jump in to our next topic and friends as this episode comes out it is very nearly St. Patrick's Day and I am not a big celebrator of St. Patrick's Day Yeah, green beer I <laughs> I don't drink green beer or beer of any color, um, but <laughs> <laughs> but we we must acknowledge it is a very green holiday, and so I, we thought it might be fun to talk about green crafts. Uh, that does not mean that you are using green yarn, embroidery floss, paper, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but rather, well, you can. you could exactly yes, that's true. You could also. Do what we are talking about, which is like more like eco-friendly crafting, and you could still make it green, because it would all it would all work. You could even use natural dyes to make it green. But uh, well, yeah, don't we just thought think that very something. many natural dyes generate. I green. know it's the hardest color. It's the hardest color, as as my friend Katie Green can attest to, because she has been she's been doing a little natural dyeing, and green is the green is the hard one, but.
0: Which is oh, so strange to me. Isn't, didn't she just get it? Because I I feel like I saw her knitting with green very yes. recently and it was beautiful.
1: Yes, she did. Uh, she her spinning, I guess. Yes. Uh, she has achieved green. Um, and it, it looks it, great. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to talk more about about natural dyeing and spinning and all those things soon because I definitely want to do all those things because I need more crafts in my life. Yes. Uh, anyway, so yeah so I just thought this would be kind of fun for us to talk about green in its own in its own use today. Um, so it, you know there's lots of people have different ways that they approach this, and mm-hmm. I love that there are so many different things that you can do to um, be green as you are crafting um so like. One of the probably the more obvious ones is to to work with recycled materials. And I love I love that, especially like I do a certain number of like kid crafting projects mm-hmm. and to be able to use old cereal boxes or other kinds of like plastic containers and, and things and um, rework them into things is I I love that. Especially when yeah. when you, those things you don't even have to have a lot of, um, you know, fine work. You're not trying to create something that looks um, super high end. And you, sometimes you might uh, create that. But like, you know, kid projects are a little more low pressure. Um, I do some stuff for Handmade Charlotte like that. And they have other de- designers who do a lot of really cool things working with recycled yeah. materials. And I also like, like sometimes I even will look at those things and go, even if this is temporary and it ends up going back in the recycling bin, you've still reused it before it yeah. goes on to do that. So you've still given a thing more life and purpose, even if it's just temporary. And so that's one, one, um, one thing that I like doing. What are, uh, what are some of your recycled material Favorites. Well, I have a,
0: a couple, and one of them is actually green, like, the color. Perfect. Um, but one of my favorite ways to reuse, like, basically supplies in my craft studio is using pattern drafts where I've, like, written on them to make adjustments and things like that mm-hmm. um, as wrapping paper. That's Because... Fun. Cause it looks neat yeah and you know you can tie a red piece of yarn around it and make a whole themed package if you want um and i never ever managed to have wrapping paper <laughs> i i buy it i don't ever wrap anything <laughs> i don't know where it goes um i have no idea That's but so funny I, So I I like doing that when I'm, especially if I'm doing like um, either tissue paper patterns or something like that. So you get a little bit of see-through and I mark
1: in different colors. So it's fun. That is very cool. My my pattern drafts, like usually like embroidery pattern drafts or sometimes like small sewing project pattern drafts, um, usually just get reused as my note paper so you will see patterns around with all kinds of lists and um like as i'm <laughs> selecting as i'm selecting photos for editing you just see like long lists of three digit numbers on them <laughs> but it's still a way to reuse it and make make use of the paper because you have to print these yeah. things out and check them and everything but
0: <laughs> yeah oh yeah not quite as, fun I, well, as wrapping paper. but yeah i i think we all end up I often end up printing out multiples of things because I will make an adjustment. And yep. it's it's nice to have an actual use yeah. for the thing that was only useful for about 13 seconds. I
1: know. I know, because you feel so terrible. Like, you're like, oh, man, I'm off again. Now I got to start over and print more. But, yeah. Um, no, that's a, that's a good one. I like that. Um, well, thank you. Speaking of, like things related to embroidery patterns. Um, There's Mm -hmm. always little thread bits around, like everywhere. everywhere. I have three jars of them behind me. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. See, they accumulate. Um, And they're pretty. They are pretty. Um, And I have, I've been told multiple times that this is a really nice thing that you can put outside and birds will take it to make nests with it. I have tried this and seen embroidery floss sit there for a very long time. And in the meantime, the the landscaping just looks messy and slightly colorful. So I've, I don't <laughs> really do that very much anymore. I
0: don't think that's actually very good for birds. I know. I think, I think it, that if that, they that has finally. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's the trouble. It's simply not the materials that they use to build nests.
1: Yeah, so um, so I don't do that anymore. Um, I will say, cotton embroidery floss, small amounts of cotton can go in a compost bin. So I oh, have, yeah, definitely I have been known to compost my embroidery floss. <laughs> um, and, but that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah, it's it's an extra thing to add in there. I mean, not like we're putting in loads and loads of cotton threads, but you, as you said, three jars full. You know. The th- it adds up over time um but yeah so yep can't get rid of them because it's pretty <laughs> i know and i have to say there's something to be said about that like that it becomes it becomes almost like historical artwork it documents these things oh, yeah. that you've made in these little bits in jars well so I my do three like... jars are for one for each book oh that's perfect you yeah you can't get rid of those you can't. Have you? I have them? no idea which one is oh, which. Oh, okay. You might I be didn't able to tell actually by color. do it
0: for sentimental reasons.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Um, but I like like you'll sometimes see people that do like Christmas ornaments where they they yeah put the stuff inside of clear glass or plastic ornaments. That's a fun I love one. that. I think that looks so good. Yeah, I also like where people will take the threads and like lay it down on um fabric or felt and then stitch over it and it kind of creates this cool yeah quilted texture. I have not tried that, but I really like that idea. Um, no, to- I haven't tried it either, but it looks neat. Yeah. It's it's very, it's very different. I I'm I feel like there's there's gotta be like other really cool ways that that people haven't even explored yet. It makes me anytime that these things come along I go, I really wanna I want to get into more, like, experimental things with, with the leftover <laughs> craft bits, but... Um, I, I did an experimental embroidery floss thing once. Did you? What did you do? I did a manicure. Oh my goodness. Wait, was it intentional or did you just end up with thread bits stuck to your fingernails? That would be what I would do.
0: No, it was intentional. Like, I did a layer of clear and uh-huh. then arranged bits and then did as many layers of clear on top and let it dry as needed to make the texture smooth that's cool it was cool and i think there are photos of it on instagram somewhere um but i i think i only photographed one of my fingers the first one i did Uh and it almost it was red and so it almost looked like i was bleeding every time i looked down (laughs) but i think that if i had used more than one color yeah um that it would have ended up looking much cooler
1: yeah that no that's a really cool idea was it difficult to get off uh well with that
0: many layers of clear nail polish yes yeah (laughs) that manicure stayed for a while (laughs) <laughs> well, I mean... That's, that's something... like probably the most successful manicure, me, me, manicure I've ever had.
1: <laughs> oh, that's funny. That is it lasts about two hours, usually. Yeah. Before I've got a chip. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, um, I also, like, I look for ways that I can save non not real craft materials but that work as craft materials so like i have some straps that i just recently um salvaged off of a paper bag like the bag it was meant to be like a reusable shopping bag from a store but the bag ripped so i was like all right well i'm taking these handles because they were like like the woven twill handles um nice yeah because i do that all the time with like d rings
0: and latches and stuff like that
1: yeah, absolutely. Um or like um like drawstring cording kinds yeah. of things. Those are bra like, like, hardware. Yeah. It they're all so useful and I mean, a, a first of all, I love that like when you do a lot of green crafting, you also save money. Also green. Yeah. Um because some of those things, it, <laughs> yeah. uh, it yeah. adds up in a yeah, hurry. Me a second, <laughs> it adds up in a hurry. But when you can like basically get it for free off of stuff that was gonna be trashed, I'm always amazed at the things that get thrown away. And you're like, you could have made yeah. eight things from that. But um, yeah, um,
0: yeah, you should come to New York and just wander around my neighborhood <laughs> on um, trash pickup days.
1: Yeah, that would be well, which I
0: is every day. (laughs) But (laughs) the although my neighborhood has a very pleasant habit of putting useful things on stoops, very nice. And if you see something sitting on a stoop, it's mostly books. Um, The neighborhood is really big about sharing books, yeah. And um, it's so if you see something on a stoop, it is just understood that that is for the taking. Uh-huh. But yeah. But That's, still, yeah. A lot of things end up in the trash.
1: Yeah. And it's yeah, it I I've also sometimes I've done well with this and sometimes I've probably gone overboard on this, but um like when there's old clothing that is beyond uh worth mending or like right. Like when we've had people like smaller people in the house who have outgrown things and it also was like it had stains on it, so you couldn't really just donate it as clothing. And I go, but that fabric is really, really cute and it's very re- reusable. Um and Oh yeah. I make
0: underpants out of t shirts and stuff.
1: Yeah. It's um there and like there's some really cute like prints that come on children's clothes, especially. Um Yeah. So those things are good. I, I will confess, I don't always end up using them and I go, okay, how long should I store these before I uh, give up and pass it along <laughs> in some other way? I will confess, sometimes my save it habits uh, get out of hand. But... Uh, yeah, I, I
0: have had more than one um, culling yes. of my fabric stash specifically. Yes. That has needed to happen because I keep saving things that have no business being saved.
1: Yeah. I think that's probably one of those areas where I, what would be smarter for me to do is to decide that some of those things are best for like scrap projects and get them and like cut them as soon as I get them. Like, make a lot of times people work with two inch or two and a half inch squares. I should probably just go and like cut all those squares and have those available for that kind of specific scrappy project, like quilts or other patchwork things. And then I would be more likely to use them and they'd actually be put to work. But yeah. Yeah,
0: that makes sense. Well, when you brought up this topic, I was thinking back on like, my early days of craft blogging and when I was an editor Craft Magazine and, like, almost everything had green in front of it or upcycled or recycled. Yeah. And so I decided to actually take a trip through the past in my own tutorials uh-huh. because... I was sure that I had a bunch of things because that was like the SEO word that would have people find you in I don't know 2007. Yes. Um but uh well I probably 2009. But um so I found a project that I had forgotten about but that I really really like and it's possible that I've even talked about it before. On the podcast, I can't remember. But it is um, an upcycled beer bottle watering globe for plants.
1: I remember that. I don't know if you've talked about it on the podcast, but
0: I remember that project. Yeah, and it's so easy to do. But it's also, like, a really useful thing, especially if you're going on vacation or... I used to use it in my – use them in my outdoor – I used to grow strawberries and peppers and stuff on my fire escape. Oh, cool. And so I would use them because New York summers are hot and yeah. bright. Yeah. And so – they would be really helpful in keeping everything sorted out. And you can get different colors of glass. It doesn't have to be beer bottles, it can be any sort of bottle. Like old school Coca Cola bottles are really cool. I've used yeah. some of them. That, yeah,
1: that would be a fun, uh, mm-hmm. fun shape to have with it. Yeah. Yeah. But the one in the
0: photo in the tutorial, though, is green, which is what made me think of. Yes. The St. Patrick's Day and green crafting combination. Yes. Um, I'll put a link to that in the show notes and also to the rest of my nonsense. I also have made wooden buttons because my father-in-law is a violin maker Mm -hmm. and there's always scrap wood. Yeah. And so why not make wooden buttons out of that?
1: It's beautiful wood. Yeah. I will... lots of fun stuff like that i will do a little bit of of searching through my archives as well and and see what things i find because yeah i've there's always there's always projects that i'm adding in and i like i especially have always loved using um cereal boxes as like if i'm making handmade books i will use those as like little covers and stuff because those are oh fun fun to do um because I also, like, I love the aesthetic of brown craft paper. And most cereal boxes have yeah, me too. that on the inside, right? So it's, it's yep. just naturally what I would be drawn to anyway. So, yeah, those are fun. All right. No, that's smart. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so happy St. Patrick's Day and go do some green crafting, friends. <laughs> yes.
0: And maybe drink some green beer if that's your thing. There you go. There you go. It's not my thing personally. i I like my my beer to be normal beer color,
1: but <laughs> all right, so um i we've I, in planning episodes of the podcast, we've talked sometimes about like the idea of like food and how I mean, first of all, we talk about food on the podcast sometimes anyway, but um about how like you can yes, craft, we like it, yeah, exactly. You can craft with food, and we're like, well, is that really crafting in the sense that we usually talk about things on the podcast? Should we go there or not? I don't know. Um, well, I've decided to go there today, but maybe in a different way. First, let me start by telling you you can, in fact, craft things out of food. Um, and here's an example. Many years ago, <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> uh, years ago, there was a website. It was it was done by a Japanese food company. That made hot dogs. <laughs> um, uh-huh. I, for the life of me, I cannot find this website anymore. I've tried. And I don't know, someone probably made them take it down because it was disturbing. But um, they showed how to use <laughs> the hot dogs that they made to make little creatures and stuff. Like, you, you may have seen, like, for kids, like, you would take a, a hot dog and you... Slice the bottom part and, like, spread it out, and it looks like an octopus. Um, That's, like, a way to get kids to eat it, I guess. But um, Wait, what? Ew. Oh, search for... Well, maybe don't search for a hot dog octopus. But anyway. um, I won't. (laughs) I promise. It's only a little disturbing. Anyway, they had, like... Well, I guess I'm going to have to look now. (laughs) They had, on this website, detailed instructions to make things out of the hot dogs and so i thought it would be really fun for christmas <laughs> did you find it did you find the octopus i found it but did you dog-tubus? know that there's an actual tool for making them called the yeah. octodog <laughs> oh there's all kinds of like weird tools for like slicing hot dogs and there's also one that like you put the hot dog in it and it makes it into like a little man it like slices arms legs and puts up like punches a face on it it's a whole thing I, these are disturbing, yeah. looking. I mean, yeah they 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 look like anatomy, uh-huh. yeah, I know. Which is mangled why, anatomy why was i why did I think it was a good idea to make a scene of little reindeer out of hot dogs? but I did wait, wait, wait. <laughs> was this in from a seventies cookbook? No, it was I mean, the hot dog one wasn't. <laughs> it was like. It was like early two thousands Japanese hot dog website. I don't. I that's all I know. Um, you you like sliced them certain ways, and then you like put it together with toothpicks. It was a whole thing. I cannot for the Wait, life of me I find photos. Did I feature this on
0: Craft? Because if I did, I bet we can find the site. I
1: don't know, but it was. <laughs> I've I have searched. I have searched and and found nothing. Anyway, I would like to take us away from hot dogs. <laughs> Oh, no, no, no. <laughs>
0: I'm, still, I'm still here.
1: <laughs> uh, it was about to get a lot more pleasant, though. So I just want to give you the opportunity, if you would like to leave the hot dogs behind.
0: <laughs> I, I just have one thing to say about hot dogs. Okay. That wiener dogs in hot dog costumes are the cutest thing I've ever seen. And that, everyone should make one. That is the truth.
1: They're dachshund. That is, that is very true. I support that. So I, you said you had not really looked ahead at my topic. So here's what you need to do. You need no. to click on my very first link that I have. And I will put this in the show okay. notes so that listeners can also do this. Um, because today I really wanted to share oh, desserts that look like crafts. Because it's a, there's like a whole... <laughs> There's a whole world of these things. Um, and so what I've just huh. sent Haley to look at is a cake that looks like a skein of yarn. And then they show you. Really? They show, really? It's really impressive, right?
0: Yeah. It, it definitely, at first glance, I would never have thought that it wasn't a skein of yarn.
1: Yeah. It's, there's some really impressive work out there and um that's just that is funny. a lot of fondant though it is i this is the and thing fondant isn't delicious no it is not um many of the things that i will share and talk about today include quite a bit of fondant but um it does make for beautiful cakes and such so yeah so that one that was probably the thing that got me saying like i really need to talk about this because that's really impressive um i also have and I will share this in the show notes, a whole host of, there's a website called Cake Rex, and <laughs> it's fantastic. Um, they are known for sharing, You've pro- they have, there's several books out. The idea is they're professional cakes. They're cakes that people went to a bakery of some kind or a professional cake person and said, this is what I would like, and they go horribly wrong. And there's much time to be wasted on that website. But then they also share really amazing cakes once a week. And so they have several posts that are all craft themed. And so you'll see like a cake that looks like a sewing machine, like it actually looks like a sewing machine. Or yeah. um they have some that are more just like sewing themed and it has like a dress form and it looks like fabric um hanging off of it. Several that are, you know, there's like a yeah, basket full of yarn. I've definitely seen
0: um, this, there's a rose cross-stitch one. Yeah. That is further down on the first link in Molly's list um, that is a, it, it looks cross-stitched.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> it's, it's, it's beautiful. It There's really, really amazing things. And things that like are inspired by... Um, embroidery
0: and and i sat in stage
1: so much <laughs> oh i don't know that they that they look um like it was embroidered although sometimes you see ones that are that that good um but a lot of them yeah. you, you still you see exactly where the inspiration came from um and they're just they are they're remarkable and the level of detail like there's one that is it's a sewing basket and the items that are, like, around and coming out of it. First of all, you I can't actually see a whole lot of cake in this particular one. It's definitely in the basket part. But there's, like, cards with buttons sewn on them. There's scissors. There's skeins of embroidery floss where you see, like, the individual threads of the embroidery floss on it. Um, it's... Oh wait, I'm the looking at of detail it right is now. It's astounding. And they they really are a way to you can tell that a lot of well, them Well,
0: and are the t- base is really interesting too. Yeah. Yeah. And um I I want to know what is and what isn't edible. I think I can guess.
1: Yeah, and I um, think they probably work to make it as edible as possible on all of these elements because Obviously, it's safer for people, but also that's, you know, why you go and have a cake done as opposed to something that isn't a cake. You know what? I think it
0: might all be edible. I was just zooming in on the knitting needles specifically. Yeah. I'm not entirely sure how they would have done the wooden handle. But.
1: Yeah. hmm. It's um but you know between modeling chocolate it's so cool, though. and fondant and um, gum paste there's a lot of things oh, yeah. that you know And they, I mean
0: you could just marble that I'm sure. Yeah. But it's like but it's amazing. It is. And the buttons on
1: the card? I know. Like, wow. Yeah. They're they're wow. really cool. Um so beyond those those are like I mean people probably are spending well over a thousand dollars for these cakes that's just how these often go um as well they should honestly yes they're works of art yeah i mean the the number of hours that go into these are astounding um i looked for something maybe a smaller scale and i found some crafty cupcakes that um i could never find the original source for them i tried but Google Images just keeps telling me they're cupcakes. And I said, that's not really helpful. Um, but well, I thank you, yeah, Google Images. <laughs> I know. Um, but some cool like fondant toppers. But then to go with that, I found a DIY version so that you could, if you wanted to like learn to work with fondant and you they show like the molds to use and everything, that you can make your own sewing and knitting cupcake toppers. And I mean, that's pretty cool. I have made... Um, Mr. Big Stuff, what?
0: <laughs> sorry. Could you hear him? I didn't hear him. He's just in the background going meow. Aww.
1: <laughs> I saw him earlier, but I haven't heard him yet. Come here, Biggie Bear.
0: Anyway, <laughs>
1: sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. It's just that the
0: cat has been howling behind me. Aww. He wants, he wants a crafty
1: cupcake, is what he wants. He wants a T R E A T. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, but so moving on from, from cupcakes into maybe something more along the lines of what Mr. Big Stuff would, would eat, uh, cause I'm sure you could make a cat version. Um, there's lots of, <laughs> uh, oh <laughs> there's cookies that are really astounding as well. Um, I have made cookies that like, I cut them out hexagon shaped and then I added like, I did gingerbread hexagons and I added like little stitched frosting on them. That's, like, nothing compared to what is available on uh, many of these sites. So there's – quilt block cookies are a big thing. And what I love about it is if you make square cookies and you decorate them with, like, half-square triangles, you can literally lay out a tray of cookies to make it look like a quilt. I think that's – Yeah, that makes me very happy. Yeah, it's brilliant. Have you
0: seen the granny square cookies that you can put together? Um, I – Definitely featured them on craft a long time ago. Um, yes.
1: I have seen those and but I they're really them... cool. Yeah, I will I will track those down and I'm gonna put links to all these things in the show notes so that you could all delight in them. I um I've also I included a link to the cross stitch cookies, which is probably similar to the technique used in that in that cross stitch cake, but basically you they take and there's a video on how to do it. So you get to go and like learn how to how to make your own <laughs> exquisitely detailed cookies. But
0: basically, they make a grid. I found them. <laughs> okay,
1: good. You make, like, yeah, a whole grid on the surface of the frosting, and then, like, you fill it in with dots as though they're stitches. It's, it's incredible. But my favorite are the ones that um, A Beautiful Mess featured a couple of years ago, and they are cookies that look like wall weavings. And... You know-
0: Someday I'm going to rant about wall weavings. I,
1: we could. We could. It's coming. Okay. That would, be, that would be fine. We'll wait for Heidi to get back. Yes. I think that would be a good, a good discussion. I feel like she'll have opinions. I sh- I'm sure she will. Um, mm-hmm. But like the types of things where you get those different textures in it, they've worked that into the frosting on the cookie. And you know what? It really looks like it. And I just am like, yeah, that's a good idea. It's a lot of frosting, but um, they're bright but frosting is delicious. Frosting is delicious. That is the truth. Um, yeah, so I, I only want to eat frosting, please. <laughs> well, then, um, you would pair well with some of the people I know who don't like frosting, and they could just scrape that off and give you the frosting, and you could eat that.
0: Oh yeah, we can swap. Yeah, I. I feel very, very good about that. Perfect. I have the, like, quadruple stuffed Oreos right now. The, uh, m- what are they called? M- mega stuffed, the biggest ever yes. mega stuffed something something. Yes. It, it's even bigger than the biggest ones. Um, <laughs> that, uh, anyway. Yes. I like frosting the end. <laughs>
1: Uh I, I do happen to know that I have a chocolate cake with some peanut butter frosting sitting and waiting for me right now. Molly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry.
0: You want it. It's really delicious.
1: <laughs> I'll eat an extra
0: piece for you. How about that? Well, you did once buy me an entire cake and have it <laughs> sent to me.
1: So. It was the right thing to do. <laughs> it really
0: was. That cake was delicious. Um... That's all right. I have ice
1: cream, and I, I actually have cupcakes. Okay. Homemade cupcakes. See? And now you have a tutorial to make your own craft-themed toppers to go on there, and... They are already frosted. Okay. Like, actually
0: piped. Oh, so oh
1: fancy. I, uh, yeah. I, I was looking good about that. While I was looking into this, I did find some, like, non-frosting decorations, which included little teeny tiny yarn balls on skewers to like stick into the top of your cake. And I thought it's actually kind of a cute idea as, a, as cake to- toppers go and probably a lot easier someone to do. Someone would eat it though. <laughs> That's true. And That's I true. am
0: that someone. I would absolutely <laughs> put it in my mouth.
1: And just to see. Just to see. And it's just a little bit of wool instead. <laughs> eh. Oh, my goodness. I think we should stop this yep. episode. <laughs> I think this is the, this is the place where <laughs> we, we, we have hit the limit mm. of the episode. We're eating balls of yarn now.
0: <laughs> okay. And so on that note, I'm going to uh, put us out of our misery. <laughs> or uh, our, our joy, our hunger. I don't All know. All of those? I don't know. I'm confused. Um, Thanks for listening to the Very Serious Crafts podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Serious Crafts and on Facebook at Very Serious Crafts. You can also find show notes and all things Very Serious Crafts at VerySeriousCrafts.com. And finally, if you, yourself, you listening right now, yes, you, are a fan Of the Very Serious Crafts podcast, please, please, please leave us a five-star review on whichever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Good ratings help us show up in recommendations, which really helps more people who love crafting find us. And that is true. That's probably the biggest way to get us, uh, I was going to say in front of more eyes, but into (laughs) more ears, I guess. (laughs) In um, more ears. There
1: you go. All right. I,
0: yeah, I, I think we should go.
1: <laughs> I know. I, well, I, for me, I'm going to go and find out if any of the yarn that I have in my stash is in fact edible. Because it might be.
0: <laughs> I mean, I said edible want crafting. I just video
1: of you licking the yarn. Just- I, I have a photo of me licking embroidery floss because... That's how I thread needles. And I I I, I literally this is <laughs> It's it's stored on my the desktop of my computer and the file name is threadlicker.jpg. Like what kind of a weird person am I that I just happen to have that saved and I could locate it for you right now? <laughs> no, not I right now. It's on my other. I love that computer. about you. I
0: have never been more pleased. I'll send it to you. <laughs> Thank you. Oh my gosh. All right. Thanks so for listening, friends. Say goodbye. <laughs> Yes. Thanks. Alex. Yeah. I don't know. See you next time. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>